Well, this morning we begin a, a new series that will lead us through the end of the year, and this series is simply called The Heart of Christmas. Uh, Thanksgiving is now behind us. Christmas is just a few weeks ahead, and those few weeks are going to fly by. They're going to go by so fast. And primarily, this is the result of our fast-paced lifestyle, yeah? With full schedules and overwhelmed calendars, we tend to miss out on some of the most incredible blessings that this season has to offer. I suffer from that condition. Uh, I'm going to do my best this year to not be a Grinch. I, every time, I'm probably doing it right now. I've already, okay, so this morning's done. That's not going to happen. Listen, I just, you know, I really dislike the commercialization of Christmas. You know, I just don't love it. Um, I don't know if any of you are on social media, but Black Friday bombed, and that made my heart swell with joy. People stayed home and kept their money and didn't feed the beast. <laughs> so this series is designed... I got way off track there. Thank you for your patience. Uh, this series is designed to remind us of, of the blessings that come with Christmas, and these are not blessings that are wrapped up in boxes and laid under a Christmas tree. The number one blessing that we have received is the gift of Jesus Christ. And we keep focused on that. There is no greater gift that this world could ever receive than the gift of Jesus Christ. And along with his arrival, we have some amazing blessings that we will talk about in the coming weeks. When, when Christ came to this earth, he brought with him the blessings of hope, the blessing of peace, the blessing of joy, the blessing of love. These four words, these four topics we will cover beginning today are powerful. They're not just words, they're powerful words. We might be tempted to gloss over them in our busyness and efforts to uh, be productive and efficient through these next couple of weeks, but I would suggest, I would suggest that if we had more hope, more peace, more joy, more love, this world would be a different place. And all of these all of these are our blessings that come with Jesus. Jesus is our hope. Jesus is our peace. Jesus is our joy. Jesus is our love. And while I truly enjoy most of what comes with Christmas every year, I pray that we do not miss the heart of this special season. Christmas is not just another annual holiday surrounded by cultural tradition. Christmas celebrates the day that God's light broke through into this dark world. I want to ask you guys, can you remember, can you, can you recall the day that Christ became real to you? I can. But can you? Can you remember it? Can you recall the day that Christ was truly revealed, that you weren't just acquainted with the idea of Christ, but that Christ was a reality in your life. Can you remember when you called on his name and he became your Lord and Savior? For me, everything changed. Not overnight, but everything changed. Just like how everything changed the moment that Jesus came into this world and was laid into a manger. Something new had come and and with him came the hope, the peace, the joy, and the love that we're going to be talking about over the next couple of weeks. Today, we're going to center on one word, and that word is hope. The title of today's message is Hope is at the Heart of Christmas. And this hope is unlike anything that can be found in this world. I want us to consider something this morning. What is it that makes hope 
so powerful? What is it that makes this hope so powerful? First off, just like a real rudimentary definition, like what is hope? You know, we can, we can define hope as a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen or, or, or a certain gift maybe to be received. Typically, the thing or event we hope for is, is something that we can't obtain on our own and the likelihood of it coming to pass is, is slim to none. I'm sure that, that every one of us has experienced this kind of hope before, but this morning... I want us to understand that this kind of hope is not the kind of hope that Jesus brought to the table when he entered this world. To understand the kind of hope that Jesus brings, we need to look back at something that took place long before he was born. God's people were living in darkness, in heavy darkness, heavy darkness. They were suffering, they were desperate, and they were looking for hope. And they didn't need some form of wishful desire or, or dreamfulness. And as I can only imagine, they all dreamed of something better. What they needed was a promise, a guarantee, something they could hold on to as they navigated the season that they were in. Their condition, in a nutshell, was the result of bad leadership. The people of Israel had been suffering through the reigns of four ungodly kings, Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. They were corrupt, and they had led the people far from God. And it was a very dark time in history. But then we come upon these words from the prophet Isaiah, words that would give the people the hope that they were looking for. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, you can turn to Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 through 7. I'm so sorry I didn't give you that heads up when we opened Isaiah chapter 9. Verses 2 through 7. They read like this. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us, to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Now this passage makes two major statements. The first is this. It's an acknowledgement of the brokenness and darkness that surrounded Israel due to sin and corruption. And the second is the hope of the dawning light through the birth of a child who would one day make all things right. The people of God in the Old Testament needed these words to remind them that God had not forgotten about them. And perhaps it is that statement right there that, that you will find much needed hope today. Hear me clearly, friends. God has not forgotten about you. God has not forgotten about us. Maybe you feel like the people of God in this passage. Maybe the circumstances of your world have overwhelmed you. Whatever the cause might be, maybe you find yourself lacking in hope instead of overflowing with it. God wants to change that in you today. God has not forgotten about you. 
Not only has God not forgotten about you, God sent the answer for you. God has a plan for you. God has given us great light who is Jesus to break through your darkness. I think so frequently about how God loves his children, you know, that I, that I so often lose sight of the fact that God loves me. He doesn't just love me as part of the church. He doesn't just love me because I show up on Sundays or this, that, or the other. He just loves me. He's my dad and he loves me. Perhaps your hope was lost to a lack of faith. Perhaps your hope is lost to a series of difficult situations. Perhaps your hope was lost through uncontrollable events. Perhaps your hope was lost, so on and so forth. Perhaps your hope was lost through choosing sin. But no matter the cause, the light of Christ has the power to shine through any dark situation. Jesus is the hope you are looking for. Christ came to this earth that we might have hope because the reality was that we could not break through the current darkness on our own. Here's the deal. We talked, uh, I don't know, about a month and a half ago about not giving the enemy a foothold. Here's the deal. The enemy wants to try to keep a lid on your hope today. He doesn't want you to know the hope that can be found in Jesus. The enemy will do anything he can to keep you where you might be today if you're in that place. And I challenge you this morning to not merely go through the motions this Christmas season and miss out on the hope that is Jesus. Jesus truly is the reason for the season. And when we look beyond the decorations, the parties, the presents, the trees, the lights, the gatherings, the food, I hope that we see the greatest gift we could have ever asked for, and that is the coming of Christ. This world, currently, is living in a deep darkness. And if a person is not careful, if you or I are not careful, that darkness can begin to creep in and overwhelm us. This morning, I want us to see just how God's light breaks through the darkness and brings us hope. God sees you. God knows where you are, and most importantly, he knows what you need. The Word of God tells us that. So let's look at a, a couple of points here. The first is this, that the presence of darkness threatens our hope. That's a bleak start, I know. It doesn't sound like a very hopeful point. Why would I start out with this one? Well, the answer is simple. We need to realize that there is an active attack taking place against our hope. We do not have a lazy enemy. We have a busy enemy. And the only way to overcome these attacks is by remaining faithful to the giver of all hope. I want us to look at something that took place in the Christmas story, a situation where the darkness of this world tried to infiltrate the hope that was coming. You guys may have heard this story before, okay? There was this guy. His name was Joseph. And he was engaged to a young lady named Mary. We all know the story. 
Mary is visited by an angel and she is told of the things that were to come. She would have a child who would be the son of God. And this child was, in fact, the child that Isaiah had spoken of so many, many, many years before. The hope, the light that was on the way, it was coming. An angel visited her and said, hey, this is going down. This is going to be the son of God. This is the light of the world that was prophesied. And this was incredible news for sure. And Mary faithfully responds, and the Son of God was on the way. But for that guy, Joseph, this news was catastrophic. Catastrophic. Everything according to the world was telling him to break it off with Mary. Joseph had lost hope in his future relationship. And to be truthful... Uh, what man in here can't say that that's maybe the right line of thinking, right? By our own measures and standards of this world, I can't say I blame him. I can't imagine what it must have felt like to hear Mary say, honey, listen, I'm pregnant, but don't worry. I didn't cheat on you. This is actually the Lord's son. I've been nothing but faithful. Uh Uh-huh. I can imagine thinking, that's just, I, hey, thanks for trying. <laughs> that's not how it works. Joseph wasn't buying it. His hope was shattered with the news, and he looked to end the relationship quietly and respectfully. But after Joseph began to feel this way, God stepped in to restore his hope. God stepped in to change his outlook on the situation. If you have your Bibles open, please turn to Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 through 23, and it reads like this. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Joseph was dangerously close to losing all hope because of the darkness that tried to creep in. And what darkness am I talking about? We actually touched on this last week too. The darkness is this. It's the pattern of this world. It's the pattern of this world. The only way Joseph could make sense of the situation, the only way that I or any man in here could make sense of the situation was to apply the understanding of this world. Mary must have just been unfaithful. That was the only way this pregnancy could come about. Yet the prophecy had been told, the angel had spoken to Mary, and God's hope was on the way. God did not send his hope into this world to potentially destroy Mary and Joseph's relationship. Jesus had come bringing a new hope this world had ever seen. Different than this world had ever seen. I don't know if I said that correctly. But Joseph's mind was stuck in a worldly pattern. And we can end up in the same situation if we're not careful. Maybe God is calling you to do something big. Maybe God is calling you to be part of something extraordinary. Maybe God is calling you to take a radical step of faith. How will you respond? Will you respond to his calling or remain in the limited pattern of this world? Because God calls us to do things that I believe are impossible to us. But the God that we serve is not the God of the possible. He's the God of the impossible. 
all things can be done through him. I want to make this clear right from the get-go. God will never lead you or call you to do something that goes against his word, but God may call you, probably will, call you to do something or believe in something that goes against the pattern of this world. A virgin birth doesn't really make much sense to our modern-day medical sciences, but God can do all things. And I find it interesting that just when Joseph, pardon me, I find it interesting that just when God sends his ultimate hope into this world that Joseph almost loses all hope because of the darkness in this world. The patterns of this world, the darkness, nearly caused him to lose hope, the hope that was sent, that was prophesied to save all mankind. And it's reasonable to believe that Joseph was fully aware of the prophecy given by Isaiah. I kind of relate to this right here. Because I'm fully aware of all the things that I read in Scripture, yet somehow my faith doesn't measure up to what God has promised. It is reasonable to believe that Joseph was fully aware of the prophecy given by Isaiah, but it was also reasonable to believe that by his reaction that he didn't believe he would be a part of this story. And I can relate to that too. And I know that a great many of you can. I struggle to understand why me and some of you, why we get to be a part of the story. I am not worthy of the calling that God has placed in my life. I am worthy of judgment. I am worthy of condemnation. But this hope that has arrived, will it change the reality of things? As in this 2023, Most of us in here have seen a a dozen Marvel comic movies, right? (laughs) And there's these parallel realities, you know, and and it's easy to watch as a comic book fan, as as a movie fan, and just believe, you know, well, that's a different reality, you know? But in my life, what I understand about myself, what we understand about ourselves, is that we are a certain way, And that's just the reality of it. And that certain way is this, fallen, broken, unworthy, unlovable. The hope that arrived in this story shattered that reality and said that you get to have a seat at the table. You get to play a role in the story. A few weeks ago, Over the past few weeks, we've talked about the importance of receiving the gospel fully in in the hope that we share the gospel fully. That's the role we get to play. I'm a 38-year-old recovering drug addict who had a child out of wedlock who married a beautiful and wonderful woman who has another child. I have received redemption after redemption after redemption after putting my faith in Christ. I don't deserve what I have. But God sent Christ. God sent Christ to give me hope, to give you hope, to remind us that we have a seat at the table, that God does love us all the way, all the time, never less, never more. 
God intervened and delivered a new hope. And darkness may try to creep in and, and keep us from receiving what God is wanting to do. The pattern of this world is one of darkness and hopelessness, yet God wants to break through still. Not 2,000 years ago, today, this morning, this evening, the light of God wants to break through. God wants to do the miraculous, and the only thing we have to do is put our faith in him instead of what we know about this world. Because our hope doesn't come from this world. Our hope comes from the one who has overcome this world. God's presence has come to give us hope. And this focuses in, this point focuses in on a truth that was conveyed in the passage we read from Matthew, but it originated in Isaiah chapter 7. And the truth simply says this. This is out of the, uh, the, the, the portion of Matthew that we just read. Verse 22 says, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Through Jesus, the light had come, bringing a new hope to this world that we never had before. We just didn't have it. That's that paradigm shift. That's that reality shift. And this name Emmanuel tells us why it was a hope like we had never seen before. Because God was with us. Because God was with us. I'll be the first to say that, hey, maybe sometimes I interpret scripture wrong. So if you ever hear me do that, feel free to come coach me up after the, after the, the service is over. I'm, not, I'm, I'm cool with that. But here's what I see. When I read Old Testament, I see God above. And when I read New Testament, I see God with he walked with them. He talked with them. He healed them. God with us. Jesus, who was fully God and fully man, had come. The presence of God was with us. Church, there is nothing like being in the presence of God Almighty. When God is in the house, hope is in the house. When God is in the house, hopelessness just naturally begins to fade away. When God is in the house, we remember that he is able to do all things. He is not limited in any way, shape, or form. You see, when God spoke of sending a light that would break through the darkness, he wasn't talking about a light bulb or a great big bonfire. He wasn't talking about a lantern or a lamp. He, he wasn't talking about anything like that. He was talking about a light for which there is no substitution. It is incomparable. There is nothing that we can see on this earth that compares to the light of Jesus. A light for which there is no substitution. And with that phrase comes a warning. Because I fear that many try to find adequate, worldly-based substitutions for the light of God in their lives. That is why I say so frequently that I fear for myself, for you guys, that, man, I hope I'm not just here because it's Sunday. I fear that there are in this room today people who have not seen the light. They've seen something bright, cheery, happy, 
but they haven't seen the light of Jesus, the light of hope. And I get it. There are a lot of good things in this world. You know, look for them these days. But they're here. There are a lot of good things in this world. There are a lot of, of good things that make us feel good and bring a smile to our face. But these good things are not God. I cannot tell you how happy it makes me feel to eat a double-double. It made me feel good. Like a lot. There's no amount of double-doubles that will make me feel the presence of God. There's no amount of cars, boats, houses, vacation rentals, whatever your thing is. I don't know. My budget is double-double. Some of your budgets are vacation homes. Whatever your thing is, apply it. There is nothing this side of the veil that can bring about in you the joy of being in the presence of God, the redemption that God brings. God's presence has the power to break through any darkness. God's presence has the power to deliver hope that is more than a wish or a dream. God's presence is the presence of hope and a promise. When Christ came to this earth, he, he truly was God with us. And the hope that he brought to people was revolutionary. He literally changed the reality of this world. And, and although Jesus isn't physically walking this world today, we know that God's presence is still with his people. God, God said this, after Christ ascended into heaven, the Holy Spirit was given to us to be that hope, to be that help, our advocate, as we navigate this world around us. If you are in Christ today, the presence of God is within you. I'm going to repeat that. If you are in Christ today, the presence of God is in you. The Holy Spirit moves in the moment you call on the name of the Lord to be saved. I've noticed this correlation when I think that God's not present in my life. Maybe it's just me. I don't think it is. I've noticed this correlation when I feel like I'm separated from God. It's because I stopped talking. It's because I stopped calling on the name of the Lord to be saved from the small, from the big, from the little sin to the big sin. Silence, and, silence from God doesn't happen from God. Silence between me and God only happens here. So why is it that we, so many of us still struggle in the area of hope if God is, is living within. And I want I to, to a further extent, I want to talk about what I just said. It's not only that I stopped talking to God, but it's because I listened to the wrong voice. If we are in a place where we are struggling in the area of hope and we're like, man, I'm a follower of Christ, I have God in me, I would suggest that just maybe... It's because we're listening to the wrong voice. We become consumed again with the pattern of this world, and instead of responding to the voice of the Spirit coming from, this, from within, if we, if we achieve anything this Christmas season, I pray that it's this. I pray that we become more sensitive and responsive to the Holy Spirit. 
more sensitive and responsive to the Holy Spirit. I pray that we not only listen to his voice, but we also respond accordingly. Everybody in this room pretty much got kids, right? For the most part. A couple of you students in here. Sorry, made it awkward. How many times have you said to your child, you know, go clean your room, go brush your teeth, go take a shower? Oh, they hear you. They hear you. But they don't respond. I pray that we not only hear God, but that we also respond accordingly to his instruction. Because sometimes I hear it, and I don't like it. And I just keep scrolling. God leads us to hope. He leads us away from the worldly pattern and closer to the righteousness that he is. And the further from the world we get and the closer to God we become, the more hope we will have each and every day. I believe that. I know that because I've sacrificed some of that hope by listening to the wrong voices, by stopping my communion with God. The more hope we will have each and every day comes from getting further away from the world and closer to God. And hope is at the heart of Christmas. I kind of forgot this was a Christmas message. It's still November. Whatever. Hope is at the heart of Christmas. And with everything that takes place this this season to come, I pray that we will never forget who is at the heart of this season. Jesus is the heart of Christmas. And because he is the heart, hope is at the heart of Christmas. So I encourage you today to push through the distractions. Enjoy the traditions to a certain extent. I've been full for four days. My gosh. But look to God's light that broke through the darkness and find hope. Look to God's light that broke through the darkness and find hope. I don't, I don't know where you are today regarding your sense of hope. Maybe you're trying to hold on. You're, you're giving it all. You're all and, and you've got, you got nothing. Maybe you feel like there's no end to the season that you are in. And I'm not talking about the holiday season. Maybe you're just in a tough season of life and you've just given it your all and you're, you're white knuckling it and you're gritting your teeth and you just feel like you got nothing. I want you to remember something. God has not forgotten you. God's presence is here today. And his message of hope is given just when we need it. The God that we serve is always right on time. Sometimes we miss the stop, but God is always right on time. He knows exactly what we need and he can be trusted to reveal the light of Christ in order to push back the darkness in our lives. In a, in a land full of deep darkness, the one we live in today, a light has indeed dawned. I have it. You have it. This is the light of hope. 
I want to invite you to express your hope in God this morning by bringing him, offering to him the things that weigh heavy on your heart.